Well, amen, amen. Good morning, everyone. It is so great to see all of you here on site and those of you who are joining us uh, online. If you are here for the first time, I'm Ricky Oyal, the senior pastor of this congregation, and I want to say welcome. I pray that you have been blessed by as we gather together to lift up our voices, not just in song, but also in prayer as we come before God's presence. And uh, it's great that we can uh, do things on our own. We're talking about uh, prayer and growing our spiritual lives through devotions or daily praying or reading the scriptures, but I love it when people gather together and you can hear the voices. Even today when uh, uh, Daniel mentioned about holding somebody's hand or, or, or stretched out as much as you can, it is so great that we gather together to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for all that he has done for us. And so we're grateful. Amen. Uh, we are continuing on with our sermon series that is titled, Who Are We? And uh, throughout these uh, almost well, this is our sixth week here. Uh, we are dealing with the core values that are equipping us to uh, go into mission. When talking about mission is our new mission statement, and that is to pursue Christ, grow together, and impact the world. And then with that mission in mind, it is to reach the vision that every person will live a life transformed by Christ. I love that. And today, every, every weekend, we've uh, dealt with a topic, a core value. Today's topic is prayer. So it is awesome. I, I get so excited when we talk about the ways that we can equip ourselves in making sure that one of our core values to complete the mission and reach that vision is prayer in our lives. Today, you saw several ways that people have been in prayer. Uh, from the very beginning, and even those that, that, that have prayed before even coming to the worship service. Prayer, prayer time with God, prayer time, you know, to, to edify or, or grow within yourself your spiritual life. And it's so important that we do that because that's one way that God has given us as a gift through communication, and that is prayer. Like any relationship, you would want to ask the individual questions so that way you get to know them a little more. And so when, it is, when we come to God in prayer, it's just as important. You can ask God questions, and you'd be like, oh, I don't want to ask God this question. Let me tell you, he already knows. <laughs> and we're going to see that in Scripture today. All right. In fact, I'm going to invite you to please open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. This is in the uh, New Testament, uh, chapter 6 of Matthew. Jesus is uh, teaching his disciples and others as he's speaking regarding prayer and fasting. And I'm going to be reading from the NLT version, and uh, you may have your own uh, translation, but just follow along. These words will not be in the bottom of our screens because this is something I encourage the congregation to bring your Bibles and, and open up. If not, just if you don't have one, remember there are Bibles available, limited numbers in the lobby area. In fact, if you want to uh, uh, go and grab one right now, you can do so because I'm going to go into Matthew 6. Uh, leading into prayer and uh, preparing for this sermon, I thought about, especially with the vote that's coming not just on November 8th for our country, I thought about... Uh, one of our president, you know, the, the presidents of the United States, when you're looking at uh, President Abraham Lincoln, uh, he was quoted saying this, I have been driven, driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient for that day. 
How many of us feel insufficient at times? Like, and, and sometimes the only thing we can do is be on our knees in prayer. And sometimes maybe uh, you'd be like, I, I can't bend my knees or things, but uh, does God still listen to me anyway? Absolutely. The important part is we take time to know more about God, grow our faith, and that is through prayer as we continue to learn more about him. And Jesus wanted to share that model of prayer with us. Again, that's Matthew chapter 6, because Jesus is going to be saying is not if we pray. And it's so important as the body of Christ, the believers of, uh, of Jesus, and that it's not uh, that prayer is like, oh, prayer is not important. No, you're going to hear even Jesus' words, how prayer is important in our lives. And in fact, so important that he gave us uh, a model of prayer, which I'm going to get into shortly. But again, he, say, he didn't say if we pray. He said when we pray. So on chapter 6, beginning on verse 5, the scripture says this. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues wherever, every, uh, where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. And again, Jesus says, when you pray, don't babble, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Let me pause for a word, for a word here. That God knows what you need even before you ask him. And you're saying, well, Pastor Ricky, then why pray? You see, it's not more about going before God and because like if God doesn't know what you need, it's more that we are dependent and we are uh, trusting in God and that he will receive our prayers and that it is coming from us, from within, saying, God, this is what I'm, I'm going through. This is what I need. God, I ask you for forgiveness because of this. Sometimes people uh, in, in, in the Christian life also, they just ask, God, forgive me. But that's all they do. Why don't you name whatever it is that's going on in your life that, uh, that you've been convicted of and say, God, forgive me that I've watched, you know, inappropriate things. God, forgive me that I keep on using foul language. God, forgive me that there was a moment that, I, that somebody needed me and you were convicting me to help them out and I did not answer. See, see, when you are more specific in your prayers, not only are you saying it, but you are realizing the, what, what God is putting in your heart that is convicting you to what, why you are praying. But prayer is so important when it comes, you know, when we, when we talk about relationships. If you want to get to know me, you'll be able to ask me questions. And so by asking questions, you get to know more and more about me. Some things that I like and some things that I don't like. But you know what? Is, uh, your, your knowledge is going to grow in, what, in building that relationship. Why is it so different when we talk about God? Why is it so different when we approach God? Because sometimes when we're looking about God as being a holy God, it scares us. And you know what? It should. 
Because God is holy and we should not be going into his presence all nonchalant like, you know, he, he, he's known us all along, which he does. But it's important that how we approach God's presence, the holiness of God, the respect that he deserves as creator of heaven and earth. And so therefore, how can we approach God? And Jesus goes and shares a model prayer. When you pray, I'm going to continue on here. Verse 9. It says, pray like this. And by the way, I am doing the NLT version because the words are a little different than what we normally do on a weekly basis when we do the Lord's Prayer. Because sometimes I have found out that there are times that people uh, have come to me and said, "Uh, Pastor, we didn't do the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Yes, we did, right? Because uh, what happens is, again, it's not uh, uh, right or wrong. It's, It's more that people, when they memorize something, it sometimes loses its, its meaning or don't recognize that they're just saying it just for the sake of just saying it. Be like, All right, this, I, I know the Lord's Prayer. But no, I intentionally kept the New Living Translation version because the words are a little different for us to make sure that we are paying attention to them. So again, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let me pause. Right away, Jesus is telling us as this, as this model prayer, he is letting the people know how to approach God. Sometimes, as Christians, as believers of Christ, we go to God only when we need something and we don't even recognize his holiness. When we go and say, God, I need this. God, help me out here, and right away, I'm not saying that that is not a prayer. What I'm saying is we get too uh, comfortable in just going in the presence of the Almighty God, saying like if he doesn't, like it's it's no, no big thing that you're going before his presence. But God, but Jesus is uh, sending the example. It says when you go before God the Father, acknowledge who he is. God, you are holy. I don't deserve to be in your presence. God, I know I have done wrong, but because if you would just uh, listen to what I'm saying, God, I'm hurting or, or whatever it may be, but because of Christ, the ultimate sacrifice allows me to go before your presence, and so it's not what I have done because I know that I'll fall short of your glory, God, but it's what Christ, your son, has done for me that I'm able to go before you as creator of heaven and earth, and I certainly don't want to just dismiss that you are who you are, God. And God, as I come before your presence, this is, what I, this is what I'm asking. And so look at the big difference. The big difference from doing that and saying, okay, God, I'm about to take a, uh, to take a test, and, and I know I didn't study that much, but I hope that I can still go, uh, uh, come out with a good te- uh, grade, all right? All right, hey, you know, okay, God, thanks. And, that's just an example, all right? When we come before God's presence, and sometimes we want to make sure that we don't rush things. Think about that. If you wanted to uh, be able to get to know me, it's, okay, pastor, I need this, I need that, and, you know, and, and, and just go. And that's it. But uh, I thought you would wanted to know who I am. You know, one of the things uh, I shared at the 8 o'clock service, back years ago, and I was still, you know, uh, young enough that I remembered. There was no caller ID. 
in our phones. And what do you do? So the phone rings, and you go and pick it up. That was, I remember those, like, oh man, someone's calling. And you knew they were calling because the effort and the time they took to call you, remember? Oh, I messed up, you know? Now, if you mess up a digit, you just put a little backspace button and keep on going. And, and now, caller ID, be like, oh, this person's calling again. <laughs> Don't raise your hand if that person's next to you or around you. Okay? <laughs> oh, this person. But, but here's the part. Sometimes when, when we look at the caller ID and who it is, uh, is it because, do, you, do we feel that way because that person only calls you when, when they need something? Or is this person really calling you saying, hey, how you been? I've been thinking about you. How's your family? And, and so when you build that, it's not just once, but it's continual basis that you are able to build that relationship with someone. When they call you up, it's, it's like, okay, this person is not only calling me when they need something. It's because they want to build a relationship with me. Just yesterday, I had a phone call while I was driving, and my wife was next to me. And, uh, and the person calls me. I was like, yo, what's up, man? You know? I knew who it was because of the, uh, the caller ID. But please know, I will not do that to you if you call me. Uh, <laughs> Why? Because I knew the individual. And then the individual knew me that he was like, yo, yo, you know? And, <laughs> and my wife was like, oh, why would you do, you know, why do you guys talk that way? It's, we knew, we got to know each other. We, we, but please, I, I know that uh, when you call me, I, I won't respond that way. Uh, I'm pretty sure some of you will mess around with me. You'll call me and be like, yo, yo. But... Uh, <laughs> My point is that we, when we build relationship with somebody, there are times that we don't have to go through the whole thing. But when we go before the presence of God and we got, want to know him more, it, it is important that we do that when there's a joyous times and when the times of need. God's not saying that you can't go to him when the times of need, but also make sure that when the things are celebration, when there's births you know, in your family, when you get a, a promotion, when you have another day of life, or, give God thanks. Because whether we're going through the ups or when we're going through our downs, let it be that God deserves all the honor and glory. All right, amen. So when we go before God's presence, making sure, okay, that we do that. And uh, when we go before God's presence, for example, when he says, our Father, you know, who art in heaven, or like, like we normally do, God's, God's setting an example when, when Jesus is saying about Abba, Father, he's calling. It's more like saying dad or daddy, you know. And, and we remember in the book of Romans, you don't have to look this up, but the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 15 and 16 the scriptures say this, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So how are we approaching God in, in the midst of prayer? 
You know, I, and, and part of that, I want to share with you that, uh, let's go with, uh, did I already read verses 9? Uh, help me out here, because I get off a, a, a thing sometimes. So we get, we said about, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All right, verse 11, I found out myself. <laughs> Give us today the food we need. Again, these are different words. And forgive our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Temptations will come our way, and we know that. It's not if, but when, but we must be prepared. And I believe that if you are spending time with God and that you're preparing for the unexpected, especially those temptations that come your way, you're better equipped to know how to handle them when they do come. It's not if, but when. And we all have different temptations uh, uh, that uh, we say are temptations to us. Someone can say that uh, being, uh, te- being tempted to rob a bank is one a stronghold and somebody is holding a stronghold in somebody. Others would be like, that's not even in my mind, right? Temptations come in different ways, in different formats, and at different times. So we must be ready for them. And the scripture is saying here that Jesus is saying, when those temptations are coming, be ready. God, I'm going to ask that you forgive me, God, and because you understand that God has forgiven you for what you have done, you're able then to understand that you've been forgiven, you're able to forgive others. Let me go through a few other scripture references with you, and these are not, uh, you don't have to look these up, but if you're taking notes, you can write these down. The first one is Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. It says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion, every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Another one is found in 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5, verse 17. Never stop praying. In James chapter 5, verse 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you uh, happy? You should sing praises. You know, when, when I read this scripture, I rem- I, I, I'm reminded that prayer is worship. And that's why we take the time during the worship service to pray. It's part of our worship services. In Romans chapter 12, verse 12, rejoice in our confident hope be patient in trouble and keep on what? Praying. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. And last one I have for you is Matthew chapter 5, verse 44. And this one may be a little difficult for some of you. And some that you have overcome, it says, but I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Yes, we should even pray for those people who make our lives miserable. We should pray. You know why? Because we may be the individuals that's making somebody else's life uh, uh, miserable. (laughs) But we don't want to admit that. (laughs) But prayer is so important in our lives. It is so important in our lives because uh, as Jesus, it was so important that Jesus gave us a model prayer. But I want to share with you as uh, we talk about prayer, uh, 
if you don't know, I don't, I don't come with a sermon on Sunday. Like, I don't prepare a sermon on Monday to preach on Sunday. I actually prepare a month in advance. And the amount of times, it, God, God works in mysterious ways. And I, and I love that I spend time with him uh, in spiritual retreats and preparing for sermons. But, for example, back in January, our program staff got together and we said, we want to be able to create something uh, new and, and positive and, and, and energetic. Let's create a new mission statement and vision statement and create core values and, and as we are unveiling it now. But back then, we didn't even know what we were going to be going, dealing with right now as a church. When I talk about the disaffiliation process, some of you be like, oh, the disaffiliation stuff again. But I want to share with you, it's so big because, uh, as Cole said, on next Saturday, our full members are going to gather here in this uh, sanctuary, and you're going to be voting if you want to continue on with the disaffiliation process. And I don't want you to take, like Cole said, we don't want this, you to take this lightly. It needs to be part of prayer and discernment for your life. I've been here since 2017, of July 2017, and I have led this church for almost, almost five and a half years, and I plan to continue to lead you through this, but I want to let you know that it's come to a point that here God works in, in mysterious ways that I already had the core value of prayer as part of today's message several months ago. Who would have known that I was dealing with uh, what we're about to deal with on November the 12th, which is next Saturday? And in fact, I believe in prayer so much that we are, uh, and as we lead into that vote, that we're going to have a prayer service in our, in our chapel next, uh, uh, this coming Wednesday at 7 o'clock. And you'd be like, Pastor, can we really have so many people? You know what? If, for those of you who are here prior to this extension of this building, uh, of our sanctuary, remember when they used to have, they, they were telling me, they used to have chairs in the lobby area. Man, can I just foresee people just coming and wanting to be part of a prayer service that, that, that chairs are laid out, you know, are put out in the lobby area? As we uh, go to God in prayer, as we prepare for the sermon process of what is going to take place on November the 12th, we so desperately need that. And as I mentioned to you before, you as a, as a church, as a full members, you have the right to vote whichever way you want to go, whether you want to uh, continue on the process or stop the process of this affiliation. I can't make that choice for you. I don't, I don't have a vote. I'm not a member of the church. I'm a member of, of the conference, but I'm here to lead you through it. But here's the part. I talked about authenticity, and I talked about relationships in past weeks here as our core values, and I want to share with you that uh, as authentic as can be here on this coming Saturday, the first vote is only for, to, to continue on the process because, uh, and you need a simple majority, which is 50 percent plus one, they said. For me, and maybe different from you, for me, when talking about the, the, uh, a simple majority, it's either a yay or a nay, right? And so, but what the conference has done, and I want to make sure you understand, this is not from leadership council. This is not from board of trustees. They didn't make this stuff up. They're just trying to follow the process. The conference has said, you're going, you're going to need simple majority of 50 percent plus one, but instead of two, Options. We're going to give you three options, and so by giving you three options, what we are look, what we looked at, and I, we saw those options. Well, the first one is four for the church to continue the disaffiliation process, and the other two options are against the disaffiliation process. And so, as soon as we heard that, the leadership council and board of trustees are saying, "Hold on, hold on a minute. How can that be a simple majority?" 
And so what, what happens, let's, let's say for an example, what happens is uh, if one is 34% and the other one is 33 and the other one is 33, which gives it 100% of those who are voting. And Ken, if, if we got the, the 34% to continue on this affiliation process, can we continue to the next uh, a vote? No. You need 51%. Excuse me, 50 plus 1%, simple majority. So that's why our leadership council and our board of trustees, when we sent out the message this past week in their letter, they are recommending, not forcing you, but they're recommending that option A is selected, which is to continue with the disaffiliation process. That can only happen, uh, excuse me, December 2nd can only happen if you vote as a church, uh, you get the uh, simple majority, which is 50 plus 1%. You can't say, well, I'll miss on the 12th because I want to be there on the second. No, the second will not happen if you do not have 50% plus one on November 12th, which is this coming Saturday. Then after on December 2nd, we're still trying to get information. We have questions that have not been answered yet ourselves, but, but here's the part. You have to make that vote. You have to make that decision. I have to make a decision as well. And throughout this process, you've been asking, okay, Pastor, where do you stand on all this? First of all, my first and foremost is to lead you. I'm held responsible to be able to do that. But just this past week, I also uh, uh, watched a video that deals with what they call the term sheets. And in that video is where I found out that pastors who want to disaffiliate with the disaffiliating church have to inform the DS by December of this year. When initially I thought it was going to be like later on making sure that, again, you're leading the congregation and, and uh, part of the process of disaffiliating, then, you know, the church, you know, the pastor can make that decision. But so if anything, I thought it was December of 2023. And just by a video, I've never, never been ta- told this to me before, a video this past week saying that the pastors need to inform the, the DS by December of this year. And so folks, you have your own uh, part of voting. I have to be able to make a decision. It, it may come, and I was praying as for what I, uh, I wanted to share with you today. But the main thing that I believe that, that God was putting to his spirit in my heart, just to be true and to be honest with you and authentic with you, is that if, if it comes to a point that I am... Uh, put in a position that changes my convictions in a denomination or organization or whatever, I will have to make the decision to not, may not have to be a part of it. But that's, that's my decision. It's my, it's only an opinion. My, what I'm sharing with you is only about me because I have to make that decision for the sake of me and my family, but also in the midst of all that is to lead you through this. And I really believe that through prayer and discernment, this church, and I've said it before, if any church can do this together, it's New Hanover United Methodist here. So I gotta have to make that decision when, when the time comes. Because, again, we're still, we're still trying to get answers to questions. I'm still trying to get uh, uh, answers to my questions. Well, the time comes that I have to make that decision, you know, it's, but honestly, ladies and gentlemen, this is your decision. And I'm not telling you which way to vote. Leadership council members and trustees have recommended. But you have to go through your own prayer and discernment, not because of what somebody else says, but your own convictions. 
And I believe that if New Hanover wants to remain New Hanover as the church that you have known since 1987, or for those of you who have only been here for a few weeks, I want to make sure you understand that uh, this is a decision that will impact. It's a, a defining moment for the life of the church. And for the full members, you are a part of it. And I'm sorry for those who can't be here next uh, Saturday because of vacation. There's no absentee ballots or mail-in ballots. You have to be here in person. Continue to pray. As I've been praying, because for a couple months, and actually for the last couple weeks, I've had some sleepless nights. But I shared it with you, I think it was last week or the week before, I'm so thankful for your prayers and support. This has not been easy, but you know what? By the grace of God, as we keep on honoring his, uh, his name, that we will get on through this together and we'll actually come out stronger uh, towards, towards the end. Amen? Amen. 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 All right.